0: Welcome to Outside the Crystal Ball, episode 18. I'm Emily Minton. On today's show, we are going to discuss the Ace of Swords tarot card, and we are going to take a deep dive into the world of exorcisms. Now that spooky season is here, these movies are all over TV, and I was curious as to reality the reality of exorcisms versus the Hollywood sensationalism of them. How much of it, of it is real? How much of it is exaggerated so my friend Shira and I have taken a deep dive into this topic and we cannot wait to share with you that information before we move on please don't forget to rate review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform that you're on this month we're coming to you every week for October because it is getting ready to be Halloween my favorite time of year um, so let's go ahead and get started with the Ace of Swords Tarot card. I'm putting it up on the screen for those of you who are not on YouTube. You can always Google it and find a picture of it. The Ace of Swords is part of the sword suit, right? So swords, remember, means communication, uh, any sort of, of, of written communication, spoken communication. Things like the pen is mightier than the sword, backstabbing. Things like that are part of the sword So kind of remember it that way. Now, if you look at this card, you can see that the sword is coming out of a cloud and being held by a divine hand, God or whoever you consider to be your divine source. At the top of the sword, it is adorned with a crown and some foliage like some ferns or something there hanging down. That is symbolizing that you, you have been given clear ideas and it's time to put them into action. The ferns on the sword represent a a kind of a a victory wreath, right? Think back to Greek mythology with Nike and the, you know, the victory wreath there. Um, And then beneath the hand, you see that there is a mountain range. That indicates the ability to see above the ground into divine insight. So this card is really offering you clarity, right? This is a really cool card to pull because it's offering you that clarity around communication. In regards to love, if you're pulling it in and and wanting to know how it affects your love life, it could signify improved communication between you and uh, someone that you're currently in a relationship with, or it could call into action: it's it's time to invest in a new relationship. It's time to, you know, go ahead and get back out there, meet a new person. In regards to career and money, it can mean that new ideas are increasing. Time to expand your business. Um, It can even present clarity on how to improve your current financial situation. Spiritually, this is a call to deepen your practices, deepen those intuitive gifts that you've been given. You're going to be receiving information soon to be guided to whatever your next steps are. Now that's if you pull the card upright. If you pull it reversed, we know that that means the opposite. So it would suggest confusion. Um, This is calling, if you pull it reverse, it's calling for you to be more active in getting people to explain to you whatever is being miscommunicated, right? Advocate for yourself. Speak up for yourself. It could mean uh, that you're overanalyzing things too much and that you might even feel defeated or unheard. But this is a time, this is a call for you to speak up and get your voice heard. Clear up that miscommunication between you and your boss, you and your friend, you and your significant other, whatever the case may be. I hope you guys are really learning these tarot cards. I know I am since we've started this show 18 episodes ago. I'm really starting to understand a lot more about what it means when you pull certain cards, especially the suites. you know, or the suits. I don't know why I always call them sweets. The suits, the suits are, you know, they they, they each have their own meaning, and I think it's Huge part of of learning this is understanding that piece. So we're going to go ahead and move into our main topic today, exorcisms. Now, keep in mind, guys, this varies based on religion. It varies based on culture. We are coming to you with information from our backgrounds, right? We don't have experience in every culture in every religion in the world we've tried to include some of those practices in our research today but a lot of our own personal experience that we're sharing with you are going to come from our specific backgrounds so you um, hopefully you'll be able to connect to that a little bit and if not share with us your background and your experience from your culture your experience from your religion with these things all right guys let's get started Our guest today is a dear friend of mine. Her name is Shira Callahan. She and I met several years ago when her son was in my class in fifth grade. Shira and I hit it off immediately with our love of the paranormal. She introduced herself and and eventually she came in to speak to my class um, around Halloween time about the ghosts at Gettysburg, which was pretty fun. Since then, we've had many conversations about what is really out there, the paranormal world. What is it exactly? She brings to the table a lot of research and experience, life experience, with these things. So I thought she would make the perfect guest to have on here to discuss exorcisms. So I'm going to let you talk a little bit about your background and your experience with exorcisms. Um, so tell us a little bit about how you came into studying this and and being interested in this topic.
1: so I am not a theologian. I didn't go to seminary school or anything like that what i what I had was a lot of experience and exposure through my upbringing. Um, my parents came to be Christians in very dramatic ways. Um, my father had a minimal um Yeah. Go for it. My father had a a um, a minimal understanding of all things, you know, biblical and godly. And um, when he was in his early 20s, he took off um, in the 60s to hitchhike to avoid the draft to Haight-Ashbury, California. And there he was involved in drugs. He was involved in all kinds of craziness. And um, it wasn't until he was extradited back and in jail um that he was studying the Tibetan book of the dead versus this really groovy guy that he was you know that he was reading about called Jesus and so his <laughs> his way to become a christian was very um atypical and it was very dramatic because he was total darkness into something that was total light you know um my dad's physical um transformation was probably the most dramatic because of his Um, his drug use and and whatnot and then you know his experience out of that um my mom on the other hand had some of a knowledge um but i believe that the way she became a christian was more emotional and and even mental but that was the biggest change for her so the two of them came to this um to this experience through very atypical ways so when i was born um i was not raised in a traditional church setting and because my parents experience was so dramatic and the things the the um the old things that they dealt with you know with addiction and with um with things that you would associate with those types of lifestyles that they led their their way out of it was um was extremely spiritual it was extremely um profound and so um and so i was raised with this idea that everything has some sort of spiritual connection and because it was such a prolific time for my parents you know that's that's really the foundation that i was raised with so i was i was raised to believe that everything has some sort of spiritual connotation that um that there are traps and lies that that we have to be wary of and and um, it's not that I'm looking for demons around every corner. That is not what I'm saying, okay? But there is an o- a spiritual awareness and a discernment that comes that um, that I was just raised with. So it's kind of secondhand knowledge. You and I have had a lot of, like, off-the-topic or off-the-cuff off the, topic or off the, off the uh, conversations that you and I have had. And, and fundamentally, we probably believe very different things. Well, I know we believe very different things, you know? Um that's why I love our conversations because we can disagree fundamentally on right. things, but it doesn't equal disrespect. And Absolutely, so we just you know we just kind of vibe with that. We yeah, and I'm not closed alone. off to it. I just haven't yeah. seen it. Well, you know, the one thing that I that I I am worr not not worried necessarily, but that I would caution is that you know there's balance in this world, right? We have the God balance, right. we have the the, the uh, Satan balance you know, um, whether you believe it or not, you know, and whether you believe in the devil or not, mm. he probably right. believes in you. Right. So, you know.
0: <laughs> well, and uh, you're not the first person to tell me that is, you know, right. be cautious. You may not believe in it, but it still could happen. And right. again, I'm not closed off to the idea mm-hmm. of it. Just haven't seen it yet. I don't want to see it. I would like to pretend that it doesn't so what exist. Would you do if you do uh, We're not going to talk about it. I don't know. Maybe hide under the covers. Is that?
1: Another podcast perhaps? Maybe another podcast. It might change your mind?
0: it you really could i don't I don't know, I don't want to encounter it, I mm. really don't it's oh, I don't think anybody does it's scary honestly. to me it, and I don't get scared easily. I can sit in the empty dark jail cell in the middle of you know a haunted mm. old jail and by myself for hours it, th- it doesn't scare me right. I don't get scared easily, but that is bigger than my mind can comprehend. Mm. does that make sense?
1: Oh, no, it makes perfect sense. It's
0: huge and it's scary to just doing the research for this, I was like, oh. I don't
1: like that. There are so many <laughs> onion layers to this. I mean, we can I don't like any of this. <laughs> we can have all the notes and the outlines that we right. want. I really don't know if that's where this is going to take us. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Because there's so, many, there's so many different aspects of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, some, well, we talked about that. Some of the topics before It's like a whole other subject. Right. Exactly.
0: Now, you, um, re,
1: re, you're, you're Jewish?
0: No. I, you are not. No. I just know you have menorahs in your house. <laughs>
1: was had a very judaic christian upbringing okay um no i'm a christian
0: okay why did i think you were jewish i've even made comments to your daughter like at target i've seen her i'm like there's no, a menorah we've, we've
1: been very connected to that okay. side i mean we we absolutely have been very connected to the messianic you know okay. judaism and, and that, i mean we we've, we've done we've done passovers we've done you know the passover mm-hmm. seders we've just we do all of we've done all of that stuff in the past so i don't do it so much anymore but it was very important to me with my children with their upbring. Sure. There was a time I have to tell you just really it was really funny. Okay, so I was raised with my grandmother having told me in the past that, you know, that there was Jewish blood in our family. Sure. And I clung to that. I did. I clung to that. Um, because there was just something that really resonated deep in my soul that I was like, this is these are my people. Right. Like, you know. I am a chosen. Right. You know? <laughs> and um and so I I was I raised my children that way. That, you know, we until <coughs> DNA results back (gasps) and discovered that that wasn't even there wasn't even a drop and I was devastated I mean you remember my old house I had all this yes art and I did it was beautiful you know beautiful shofar that my husband made me and all these different things and um and it's not necessarily a part of my DNA, which really rocked my world a little bit. Yeah, because know? that was your root, like it that's was what like you my thought whole identity, yes. right? So that's probably what you're thinking. Okay, of, you know, but I've always identified as as a Christian. You know, it's just that um, there has always been this um, this other understanding as well. And um and then the joy killer ancestry DNA. It did
0: that to me too. This is and so off topic, but I did the I got that for Christmas last year, the twenty three and Me, And I have been brought up you're you're Italian, you're Italian, you're Italian, you're right, Italian. Right, right. So I really identified with that. Well turns <laughs> turns out <laughs> I'm not really. It's just a little bit. It's I'm I'm indigenous and um Mesopotam I'm more Mesopotamian than I am really? Italian.
1: And then you know English, yeah. You know my very first result. You know how they kind of adjust the results based on how many people mm-hmm. do the test. I just got a new update, and okay. I'm just like, Man, the whitest white girl you've ever seen. I, I mean, know it's was so weird, disappointing. It was like 71 <laughs> percent English. I mean, how did what what? <laughs> no, but it I, mean, I am boring. Okay? <laughs> but my very first result came back like the very root of what is Shira right was Moorish. Really, the exact opposite of anything Judaic that wow. I thought ran through my. Wow, and now I bet that right? was so disappointing. Well, my husband was like, "Well, honey, it's okay. You know, it's you're more." But it's <laughs> <and I'm laughs> and,
0: but it's just so disappointing, not that it's disappointing to be Moorish, it's just disappointing not to be what you thought you were.
1: Well, it's it's this connection that I felt that I had not just physically but mm-hmm. also spiritually to something right you know, that that really sang to my soul, like it really spoke deeply to me, right? And um and then to find out that all of those connections just kind of faded away and that really bothered me for a long time, mm. you know, um, to find out that there was more of a Viking connection than there was anything else. So, you know, I mean, that didn't mean that the Judaic art left and the Viking ship well was built sure. in the living room, but, you Maybe know, but you <laughs> should. I would come the sit the in it, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, but it was just, you know, it, it really was, um, a weird little identity crisis that I had sure. because I felt so connected to it for so. I mean, we're talking like from the time I was a child, yes. you know? So so that's what that's what you're thinking but but um but belief system I've always been a Christian so gotcha so that was sorry I took us down a long road no, no, to get no, to that's that that's but fine. that was and interesting yes it's it important,
0: is important yeah. so now that w- y- what we need to kind of establish next is what is a possession what is an exorcism how um those play into these different cultures and different religions. Right. So when you were doing your research, I know I have my my information here. What do you consider a possession, a demonic possession?
1: You know, I don't think that um, – oh, we're going to tiptoe on to other topics, too. But I don't think that demonic possession necessarily has to be as dramatic as what we automatically assume, you know. Um, I think that, um, that we are certainly um, – influenced by things all the time you mm-hmm. know there's a difference between possession and oppression sure you know um possession is when something just takes over you but i think that really what we confuse is possession a lot really is in fact oppression and that is you know that there is a a um a something that is influencing you uh influencing your mood influencing your insecurities you know um right. exaggerating those those things that would ultimately um mess around with our faith so those are so a possession you know we get hung up on possession i don't know and i and i really don't know whether or not quote possessions Mm -hmm. um take over us as often as hollywood would allow us to believe um we'll talk more about that later because that's dramatic but um but we can certainly you know be um well now now that i say that i don't very specifics in my head i don't think that it is what we think it is and therefore i think we miss the signs yeah because we're expecting one thing and right. it's really not
0: yeah i agree and some of the things that i found is we don't even th- the word possession they don't even really use much in in religious texts they use the word demonized mm. um possession tends to like you said mean that they've taken over your entire body right. where most of the time like you said it's influence you're being influenced by this so right. very very rarely are these religious texts finding actual possessions or demonizations they are finding this this influence um
1: something Except in the bible i feel like there was like a possessed person at every corner, every
0: every page um something i found that was interesting and i'm i know i'm not doing this off my top of my head but the word demon is actually a word that we created the word daemon d-a-e-m-o-n is greek Mm -hmm. and it was meant as a spirit guide it was not a bad thing in fact socrates actually wrote about working with daemons to create his all of his whatever academic works that he did but he meant it in a way of i'm pulling from my religion i'm pulling from these guides that helped me. Um, but that's what it came from. And they weren't believed to be humans, but they weren't believed to be gods. They were just kind of helpers, kind of like our spirit guides today that I know exist. Um, as Christianity started to develop, a lot of the texts, early texts, were written in Greek. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how they started. So when that word started to play into Christ- new, new Christian texts, it was interpreted incorrectly as...
1: Well, I think therein lies the fundamental difference. Because in in those texts, mm-hmm. all right, whether you call them spirit guides or not, right. they were they were bad. They were bad, mm-hmm. right. So that's that's where it comes in. Yeah,
0: absolutely, and I agree with that. Um, it's just it's, it's a lot of translation problems. I think oh, yeah. it's a lot I'm of sorry. translation. It's a lot of misinterpretation of what people really meant mm-hmm. because you're reading a text from 500 years ago that someone wrote in a different language, possibly a language that doesn't exist today. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to to make sense of it and right. make it make it fit what we have as um you know norms in it's our just world. Just getting
1: our brain wrapped around mm-hmm. it, you know. I mean, there's so and that's this, that's the same thing with with most of what we find, you right. know. I mean, you know, there's it, just using the Bible as an example. You know, I mean, we we kind of get into this thought trap that the Bible is the end all be all, that nothing can exist outside of what the Bible specifically mm-hmm. mentions which, you know, I think that, hey, it's a great guide, but, you know, there's a lot more that happens, you know, that are outside of those pages, so.
0: Yeah. Something that um, I was reading, there's a, a man named C. Fred Dickinson. Mm-hmm. He wrote um, a couple of books on this topic. He was a theology professor. He said that demons are like squatters in most situations. Mm-hmm. They are, they aren't there permanently. They're borrowing your energy. They're borrowing your, your body but they aren't possessing you, and that's that's one of the big differences as well. Um, he gets that idea from the book of Luke in the Bible.
1: So there's, and I'm I'm pulling on something that I don't I don't know a ton about, but there's something niggling in the back of my mm-hmm. head that um that there were originally only two hundred demons that fell fallen angels okay that became demons. And but there there's a difference between demons and spirits. And the spirits are the harassers and the demons are are the principalities of power, you know. Okay. So I, I I did you read anything on that? I was gonna say I have to go back the look. hierarchies? No, not necessarily the hierarchies, but that but that demon what we say demons isn't always demons, that there's a difference between demons and spirits. And I haven't done a huge deep dive into that but
0: yeah i haven't either i i think again it comes back to misunderstanding a lot of the things that were written hundreds and hundreds if not thousands of years ago um and, and so i think my belief system with my spirit guides and angels i think sometimes those were interpreted to be bad when they're not um I don't have any proof of that. I mean, I just have my my opinion and my my belief system. But like they were saying, you know, the word daemon didn't necessarily, Socrates didn't mean it necessarily to mean an evil thing. Right. But it was interpreted that way. Um, There are possessions. Well, before we get into that, let's talk about what an exorcism is. So we've kind of defined, loosely defined a possession. An exorcism then is just a way, a ritual to remove that possession from a human's body. Right.
1: And typically you only find, you know, exorcism and Catholicism, mm-hmm. you know. And any other um Christian denomination it's termed deliverance. Yes. So
0: Yeah. And, and I was looking up, I was like, because I was curious, is are exorcisms only in Catholicism, are like they only in Christianity? And they're not. They're across the board. They they're are. called different things.
1: And you never hear about them. You never hear about it. Like, there has not been one movie made about a Muslim exorcism, and yet there are examples of, of you know, ones that have gone terribly wrong. Right. You know, in all cultures and religions.
0: Right. I, I was looking it up, and, and the difference, another big question of mine was, what's the difference between a Christian exorcism and a catholic right yeah exorcism and it's just the formality of it where a a catholic exorcism you need permission from the powers that be Mm -hmm. you are you have a a book of rituals a book of uh, of uh rites that you're reading you're you have a set way of doing this where they were saying that what i was reading was that christianity doesn't you don't have to get permission from from anybody and it's a little less formal it's more of in and depending on the research pieces that you read if it was written by a christian person versus a catholic person or versus an atheist there was a lot of different opinions on the power of different exorcism right that
1: that is so broad because i I, I have a couple of different thoughts on that first of all you know we've we've been given you know through the bible teaches us that through the name of jesus we've been Mm -hmm. given Uh, Power over demons and spirits and whatnot. And and we can, you know, rebuke them, you know, in Jesus' name. However, there's the story of Acts that I keep going back to. um, I think it's Acts chapter 18, 19. Where where these guys decide to go out and they find a man who's possessed and they want to cast out whatever it is that's in him. And he says to them, um, Jesus I know and Paul I know. But who are you, and he beats the tar out of all of them? you know just beats the brakes right wi- right off of them and i I keep thinking to myself, you know there's there's so many unknowns you know that you have to be i think i, I you'd have to be very strong in your spiritual authority, you'd have to be very strong mm-hmm. in your your spiritual knowledge base, I think to deal with that but absolutely I, I do feel though that where I am comfortable in that and Um, is that if I recognize that I am being harassed by something, that I can take power over that, even just under my breath. I don't have to wave around my arms. I don't have to ask for money do have to I right. don't have to, you know, to to throw water on them or anything like that, that I can do that privately and it doesn't have to be a huge spectacle. But sister, let me tell you something. There are some things that I would not want to tackle. Okay. Um, not because my faith is any less than anybody else's, you know, um, but because I I know that I don't have I don't have all the answers. And so because I don't have all the answers I feel like that would be I would question myself, right, and they know that right they would they would
0: find <laughs> that little exactly, self doubt yeah exactly yeah, absolutely it, they the research did say that both recommend both Catholicism and Christianity recommend having a a religious figure mm-hmm. um and an assistant having somebody to kind of power through this oh, with yeah. you and they both use scripture from the bible and want the demon to identify himself by name mm. so that's some similarities there which i thought was interesting which also led me to the question of who cares what his name is oh you know what i mean uh, no. apparently it's a thing that's
1: very important <laughs> it is very, very important. important for a lot of different reasons for a lot of different reasons What's in a name a name is the very first thing that we bless our children with you know it's very important you know what you name your child right um you <laughs> want to name your kid azel I mean wouldn't that be awful mm-hmm. <laughs> for so <laughs> many reasons <laughs> somebody told me recently that they wanted to name their new dog azel and I was like what are you thinking um but anyway there's there's you know it, it's in the name mm-hmm. of Jesus that we are able to do these things right so but there's other reasons too you know I mean do, I believe that demons travel in family groups. I'll give you a great example of that. Like Do. if we're if we're doing, I've been in mental and behavioral health for the last several years. Okay, so if we're dealing with somebody who is like you know a narcissist, mm-hmm. for instance, you can't really have a narcissist that doesn't also know how to gaslight. Correct. Right. Okay. So if if let's say that that a demon is is narcissism, mm-hmm. right? And you want to, you want to release that person of a demon of narcissism, right? To know his name is also to know that there's probably gaslighting hanging around in there somewhere, you know? Okay. So, so that's why it's important, you know, is because there's family groups of demons, you know? And so it's important to, to clean house, Mm -hmm. you know, and you can't clean house without knowing the names,
0: right? They were also saying, I was reading that you, you, I say, I keep saying they were also saying what that means for people who don't speak Southern is <laughs> that <laughs> that's what I read in the research. Um, <laughs> just like the other day. That could be six months ago. Right. Absolutely. Um, what I was reading was that it also binds the demon. It also yes. takes away its power. It starts to weaken it, which I find really interesting. I see
1: you. You see me. Right. It's right. very
0: interesting to me. And it kind of goes along with, I think, something you and I were talking about just the other day. When you have, let's say you have a spirit in your house, right, and you want that spirit to leave you alone. Mm-hmm. You can just say, okay, I need you to leave me alone, and they will. Why? Is there, like, spirit police? Is there demon police? Who's making all
1: this happen? Because we've been given dominion over over demons. In the Bible, I mean, mm-hmm. there's, there's tons of scriptures. I'm going to get into all the scriptures. Right, 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 But there's tons of scriptures where Jesus has given us dominions in his name. So we're like the police. Over, yeah. Well, he's the police. Yeah. He's the sheriff. He's the sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> We're just the deputies.
0: <laughs> 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 All right. There's our analogy for the day.
1: And <laughs> that wasn't the most <laughs> us. <laughs> 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 oh, good lord! It will to somebody. They will.
0: Two listeners <laughs> will understand. <laughs> um. Now. Here's something I do want to spend some time on. There's a lot of there's a lot of red right in here. I know. How do people become possessed? How do mm. we open that door?
1: You know, it was funny because one of the things that I had researched, um, actually came from somebody who was a practicing witch and it was so funny to me because um I absolutely agreed with everything that she said, mm-hmm. you know, that there are certain behaviors that we have that drive us to opening that door, whether we want to or not, mm-hmm. you know, obviously an obsession with any kind of a cult, yes. witchcraft, that kind of thing definitely opens up that door. Um, I am a, a very anti ouija board person mm-hmm. because I feel like that is a wide open door, you know, personally, um, to a lot of different things, you know, um, but there's that. And then there's people who are also, um, who are also, um, op- um, obsessed with, you know, things that are, you know, murder and death related, right? And that kind of stuff, you know. I mean, we <laughs> and it's so funny because I thought about that so often because we all love our murder podcast, sure, you know. So I wonder, it's like hmm. and it's there's a big, you know, focus on it suddenly, you know, where you see it all over TikTok, you see mm-hmm. it on social medias, you know, where everyone's talking about murder podcasts. I'm not saying that's a door to a demon, okay? Right. Just be clear, be clear, listeners. I'm not <laughs> saying that if you love your murder podcast, that you know, you're opening the door, but it is an opportunity, um, that I have that I have read about and I, and that would absolutely make sense. Um, uh, depression and anxiety, Mm -hmm. you know, mental health concerns, you know, I know that, um, that there's a lot of, you know, controversy around that, you know, we can talk a little bit more about Mm -hmm. that if you want to. Um, and then drug use, man, what psychedelics, man, for, for sure, you know, are just an open, an open door, but, you know, imagine what kind of, um, physiological state that you're in when when you do drugs Mm -hmm. you know and the um the subconscious at play
0: definitely could be and we're going to talk a little more about mental illness and and how that has played a little bit of a part in the history Mm -hmm. of exorcisms um trauma and vulnerability also can play into being possessed because you're so uh, you know your defenses are down you're weaker you aren't in a place where you can fight off a lot of things and so
1: that can invite it in um, it stimulates a lot of a lot of things too. Yeah, you know, feelings of self worth and blame and all that kind of stuff. You mm-hmm. know, and that's the that's the entire job of a of a demon, right? Is to get in there and just harass your vulnerabilities. Correct. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just you know, it, it's absolutely a gateway, I believe, for yeah. people to feel just
0: opening yourself up to any sort of moral impurity, any sort of evil uh, practices, right. I guess you could call them. Or maybe you are doing Ouija board, which I, in in contrast to you, I don't think there's anything wrong with Ouija board if you do it right.
1: Right.
0: You know, but I can, I, I think it goes a lot uh, along My with. My is
1: doing it right. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it goes along <laughs> with, like, if I wanted to build a house, mm-hmm. I don't know how to build a house. I'm probably not going to do it right. Mm-hmm. You know, I if you use a Ouija board and you're not doing it right, you're, you're probably going to mess up something. Okay. Yeah. So. Like we were saying, the exorcism versus deliverance. I don't think we ever finish that thought, um, which is how our conversations normally go. Yeah. <laughs> we just jump around. But exorcism versus deliverance. Exorcism, um, like we were saying, is a lot more ritualistic. It's a lot more of a hard practice right. where deliverance is a little bit softer. Right. Um, would you say, because the research that I've ha- I, I've been looking into says that baptism is a form of of soft exorcism, minor exorcism is what they call it. Because in the Christian religion, you are born with original sin. And so as a baby, you are baptized, right? Right. You are, you're baptized. Now in my personal, you know, I was raised in in a real, in a Christian religion. We didn't baptize. You didn't get baptized until you were old enough to make a choice to get baptized. Um, But many Christian religions, you baptize a baby as soon as they're born, you Mm -hmm. know, within, you know, a few weeks, few months, whatever it is. Do you think that is an exorcism
1: of some sort? you know i've never I've never heard it termed as an exorcism. I know that it's the um it's the symbolic washing away of the old man right. and, you know coming forward um we we never had baby baptisms. I think that's you know that's a little st- structured maybe yeah we've had um baby dedications mm-hmm. you know what's that um baby dedication is when the parents go up and they they symbolically dedicate their baby to you know raise them according to the okay. principles you know um but it's you know um i'm trying to remember honestly how old my children were they were they were not babies they were old enough we had baby um dedications but it wasn't until they were older that they were baptized um i'm not sure if my youngest has ever been baptized i probably need to talk to her about that Nacho Libre. I've never seen Nacho Libre. I cannot believe I know girls watch Nacho Libre. Okay, Well, your listeners will know the (laughs) scene that I'm talking about from Nacho Libre when he finds out that his little, you know, companion has not been baptized, and so he sneaks up on him to quickly (laughs) baptize him. (laughs) And it's 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 one of my favorite scenes ever in the history of cinematonic cinematonic.
0: Out. That's it's fun. fine. I'm gonna leave it in. Leave that, I'm that in. I'm leaving that in. Leaving that part in. Uh, <laughs> so how do you know if you've been possessed, right? And and this is something that I have a huge issue with because the gamut is so broad. There are so many stories that I have read in podcasts I've listened to where people are like, "Oh, she was possessed because she was speaking in Latin." They leave out that she studied Latin. You know, so I think. Some of these signs, sure, they can be part of that. But I think we need to dive deeper into them to really find out what the problem is. And I'm going to give you guys a little bit, uh, a story of uh, how that kind of plays in. But some of the ways that you know you're possessed, um, speaking in languages you wouldn't normally speak
1: in. Do you ever really know that you're possessed? or Other people would. I can't imagine starting off a conversation.
0: P.S., by the way, BT dubs. (laughs) BT dubs, I have this demon living inside Bielzbab has been
1: hanging mm-hmm. with me today. That's
0: so if I could get two cannolis <laughs> instead of one, <laughs> that would be great.
1: <laughs> to feed my inner child. Wink, wink.
0: <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> um, knowledge of things that you would not normally know. So like mm-hmm. if if I came to if I if oh, I came to you one. and I knew that you know you had a secret. Then all of a sudden, I knew your secret. That would be one. That would be a, that would be a, an indicator. Adversion to sacred places, symbols, people. You don't want to look at the cross. You can't touch the Bible. You don't like your priest. All of a sudden, um, do you really think that that one's like a big one, or is that like a Hollywood version of it? Well, some of the cases that I've read, mm-hmm. it's a thing. They actually do.
1: I'm just curious. My I-
0: personal belief is
1: it's a Hollywood thing. Mm.
0: Again. I've never seen it happen. So there could be listeners out there like, no, no, I've seen it happen. It's for real. You know, this is a real, a real thing. And it very well could be Um, superhuman strength is another way that you, that's an indicator. Mm -hmm. But then you have to think, well, what about those moms who they're, you know, you have that, you know, you, you've heard those stories before where a mom has picked up a car to get it off her kid. Right. Which is something you, I would try to do. Not that I could, but you know, you would try to do that because, like you said, your adrenaline's pumping. You're trying to save something that's mm. very important to you. Um, and then, huh, this is my favorite: the ability to act as a medium between the spiri- puri- spiritual and physical world, which I do. So maybe I can have two cannolis. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Take one to go. <laughs> Take one to go. Whatever the case may be. So those are just some of the ways that people are identifying others as being possessed did you have any to add to that list
1: um i think that a big one is probably that whole spirit of knowledge thing Mm -hmm. that you were talking about i mean just the ability um to to know things about people um some people would call that a gift i don't feel like that's a gift at all um well i guess from the perspective of how you use it right um It really it, is, know? like all of these I mean, could honestly, be a show right um i I think that there's a lot of layers in that particular one mm-hmm. um that could probably it it might just be a nice roll up mm-hmm. to a lot of the other things that I'm thinking of the of yeah,
0: absolutely, so there was a in uh, our listeners and you probably have heard of it too, Annalise Michelle, oh yeah, she was a girl that was possessed back in the seventies. I have her picture here. So if you're looking, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see her picture there. She's a very famous case of exorcism, or of uh, demon possession. And her exorcism actually led to her death.
1: It, uh, she died of malnutrition. And, and, dehydration. Yeah, and dehydration. Yeah, she
0: was um, very, very young. But yeah. her story, for those of you who don't know it, just to kind of give you the brief synopsis, they've made a movie out of it, of course. But a brief synopsis of her real story is she was born into a very devout Catholic family especially her mother and her mother was um had instilled in them ways to you know protect herself from sin so she would make her kids on the wooden floor in winter and they lived in West Germany, I believe, mm-hmm. um, in, in the winter they slept on the wooden floor with no blankets and things like that to physically try to chase yeah, away. It. That, that's how. yeah, That'll drive me out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, really <laughs> <would>. <laughs> it really would. It really would. So she attended math two times a week. She studied Latin. She studied Roman, mm-hmm. um, like old Roman languages, and she studied them specifically in the Christian texts that they were reading, the Catholic texts mm-hmm. that they were reading. So she would attend mass, like I said, twice a week. She had her first seizure when she was 16 at school.
1: So she's learning the scriptures in Latin. Yes, in in
0: Latin and in this old Roman language. And it never
1: occurred to anybody that that Mm. would be a – Huh. So (laughs) sorry. I'm getting ahead of your story.
0: No, you're good. Yeah, it all – it's all going to circle back. Mm. So she has a seizure at 16 at school. A year later, she has another seizure, and her mom goes, okay, we're going to the neurologist at this point. She takes her to the doctor, mm-hmm. and we're now in the 1970s. This isn't that long ago, mm-hmm. right? In my head, it's 30 years ago. I know it's not, but in my head. My
1: birthday says otherwise. It's <laughs> <but
0: that's laughs> it <was> 30 <laughs> years ago. Um, she was taken to get help. The neurologist put her on medication. The medication wasn't working quickly enough for Annalise. Mm-hmm. Now, here is something I did not know because I have never seen the movie. I don't watch scary movies. Are
1: you talking about Emily Rose? Mm, I don't Maybe. Haunting of Emily Rose, I, think. I think so. Okay.
0: So she, um, she was the one who wanted spiritual help. She's the one that thought she was possessed by demons. She's like, none of this is right. The medicine isn't making me feel much better. It helped a little. Mm-hmm. But it didn't help a lot. So um she was diagnosed with what's called temporal lobe epilepsy, which the symptoms are you lose your memory,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you have seizures, mm-hmm. audiovisual hallucinations. Okay, red flag. Right, okay. that can also um, be caused by scarring of the temporal lobe. So that can happen if you have a head injury. You fall mm-hmm. when you're a kid. We know so much more now about traumatic brain injuries than they did back then.
1: Right.
0: So I I, I don't want to to um, put blame on the medical professionals because that might I mean I don't know the history of medicine, science, but it yeah. exactly they hadn't learned it yet. So something else that can be be tied to that is something called Gershard syndrome. And that is, symptoms of that are hyper-religiosity and hallucinations, <laughs> oh. which play into this, right? Let me give you a list. Right? So, um, uh, like I said, she, the, the, the seizures didn't stop completely. The hallucinations didn't stop completely. She ended up developing TB and pneumonia and was put into a sanatorium until she was better. Mm-hmm. When she came home from the sanatorium, her parents said she was not who she used to be. She was not herself. She was very quick to temper. She was very quick to get angry. She um, would hear voices saying that she was damned to hell. She would every she would see demonic faces in many of the
1: places that she looked. Of course, we're not even talking about PTSD or any of those issues. No, you? we're not even tying any yeah, of that in. Right, this is right, just,
0: right. just physiological at this point. Is that the right word, physiological? Um, so she goes to a religious retreat, and one of the women on the retreat noticed that she, Annalise, she, Annalise, had an aversion to the cross, and she couldn't look at pictures of Jesus. She could still hold her text, she could still hold her Bible and read from it, but she was averted. She had an aversion to those other things. So mm-hmm. she brought th- the woman at the retreat brought that up to the priest, mm-hmm. and at that point, um, she was still getting her medicine. But Annalise said, "I'm done. I'm not taking it anymore." So she completely stopped taking her medicine for her epilepsy, and that was her choice. Right. Um, How she, old was she at this point? At this point, she was 22, okay. 21, 22. So she decided that she was. She got her mom, and they went to seek spiritual help. Mm-hmm. The priest said, because this is about the time the exorcism came out, mm-hmm. everyone was all of a sudden possessed by demons, right? And so they were really, the Catholic Church was really weeding out the ones who were just exaggerating and, and wanted this experience for whatever reason, right. why you would want that, I don't know. And then the people who were really afflicted. So the the church turned her away, Mm -hmm. and she went um, to a mental health counselor who, again, said you should probably be on medicine. She didn't want to do that. Eventually, she did get um, a spiritual – she got some spiritual help. So she got help from Father Ernst Alt and his assistant Arnold Renz. They got permission from a bishop in the church, and they conducted their first – exorcism on annalise in september of 1975 she had 67 exorcisms done in 10 months 67 each of them lasted one to four hours um by the time they got there for her (laughs) yeah one to four hours at a time and she was doing like two a week
1: two a week Mm
0: -hmm. by the time they got to her for that first exorcism it was reported Now, keep in mind, this is documented. You can go online and listen to these things happen because they were recording it. Mm -hmm. Um, She was barking like a dog, eating spiders. She'd rip her clothes off. At one point, she bit the head off of a dead bird, and she would lick her own urine up off the floor. Um, She would do what they would call squatting up to 400 times a day. And that's when you are standing up and you just really hard, you fall on your knees in like a prayer position. Mm -hmm. But she would get up and down, up and down, up and down to the point it broke her kneecaps. She was still doing it in spite of her broken kneecaps. Mm-hmm. So it was all of these things that were happening. Um, she would utter religious phrases in Latin, mm-hmm. but she knew Latin. She studied it, right? So during her exorcism, she would start to growl at the priests, and um the, the priest's assistant Renz stated that Annalise had six demons inside of her, and he was able to identify them. It was Judas, Cain of Cain and Abel, uh Hitler, Nero a banished local priest, and then Lucifer himself. So she had these six big people in her. Now, um, I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to finish the story, and then I have I have things to say. So like I said, 67 exorcisms in 10 months. She stopped eating. They would tie her up to keep her from, you know, eating dead bird heads and, and these types of things. And keeping like her family would hold her down. And there's photos of this. There's video evidence of this happening. Now, her final exorcism was June 1976. There's not a lot known about what happened that night, but the next morning she was dead. Uh, she was 23 years old. She died of dehydration and malnutrition. The two priests and her parents were both convicted of uh, manslaughter and they went to jail. So, that is, to me, this screams out that she had, I don't know, I feel like this was medical. I feel like. And maybe that's just my background. I don't know if the spiritual obviously spiritual help didn't do anything for her. So sixty-seven exorcisms? What
1: I find interesting about that is is that, you know, personality disorders can um manifest like this. And then the demons the demons aren't necessarily by name, they're not necessarily demonic traits. You know what I'm saying? They're people. Like, that's, I can understand, like, the spirit of Antichrist, which I believe that Hitler probably was, and Nero, you know, was was definitely, you know, I I, I don't believe that there's just one Antichrist. I okay. think that, uh, personally, I believe that the spirit of Antichrist can be, you know, can afflict many people throughout history. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, But interesting that they are not, like, demons that are, that are known to. us. You know, not like you know, BL, you know, Azazel, or you know, or any of these other. I've used Azazel twice now, but he's in my head. Um, Azriel is another one. If you want to, you know, which I always thought was weird about the Smurfs too. So
0: Azriel's is also the name of an uh, archangel. Weird. That is very strange because I Does made he this. Have fallen? No, I made the same connection when I did my episode on archangels. I was like, it reminds me of the Smurfs. So. Yeah.
1: Um, anyway, but I I think it's interesting that they don't have you know that it's not it's not like a a spirit of murder. It's not right. like a spirit of untruth. It's not like a spirit of gluttony. It's not like any of those spirits. It's mm. Hitler, Nero. I mean, that's wild. it's very specific, and I thought that was. That sounds to me like more personality disorder, but that's just yes. me personally. well, like I, I think so too
0: because I I feel like here's the bad guys of history, and you're pulling all of them at the same time. Right, right, right. What right. are the chances of that happening?
1: And what are their common traits too? That's what I'm saying. It's like it's not something that's inside of them either. It's just them, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Them, and my name. That's right.
0: And there's actual you know audio of her. You can hear her saying mm-hmm. who she is.
1: Right. And it's you know not in
0: English obviously, but you can hear the names. And then there's the translation. My other,
1: my other thing was, was you know, sh- you said that she had been off of her medications. But, you know, another possibility is, is is she over-medicated? You know, right, Are not the correct
0: medication. Absolutely. This is the 1970s. Absolutely. There wasn't a ton of research in mental health at that point. Right. So it, it could have been a, a host of things. Um, something that I did read that I thought was interesting, and again, guys, we're not medical professionals, we're not oh, yeah, mental no, health experts. Not. We I'm don't. Having a conversation, yeah. I forgot about the mic. <laughs> <laughs> I think that beca- because a lot of of this stuff is tied to schizophrenia, mm-hmm. right? Uh, schizophrenia has a lot of the same symptoms as possessions. So now, the Catholic Church has this whole process of weeding out mental illness before they'll even your case right right? so they they have really come a long way in identifying some of these symptoms as being things that aren't spiritual they're Mm -hmm. mental illness and you need to get help for these things Mm -hmm. but i can see i can you know I, i i can't imagine being in her shoes and being raised the way she was raised and thinking that i have something you know there's a demon inside of me and this medicine's not working and you stop taking it, and there's really no help i mean she got help but it was the help of the 70s so it's like how much help you know she she's not getting the help that you right. would today she's right. not getting that kind of care. It's just really sad it it's is sad. really, really sad, and it's happened over and over and over through history. I mean just as recently as two thousand three, there was an eight year old autistic boy who they thought he was possessed, and during prayer service, and this is a a reverend that did this, so he wasn't Catholic, the reverend performing the exorcism sat on his chest and suffocated this mm. eight year old boy ended up going to jail, uh convicted of homicide. In two thousand five, a Romanian nun.
1: Right. So that movie is called The Crucifixion. I actually just watched it last week. On the nun? Yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. remember when it happened. Okay. I remember when the Romanian priest and the nuns went to jail. Yeah. Like seven years or something like that. Um for There's if you're on YouTube, that's the, the monk's picture that was doing the exorcism yeah. there. It was it was actually, um it was kind of a wild movie, but um, interesting that it was based on this story. Because, li- again, you know, it's one thing to read about this kind of stuff, you know, that happened throughout history. But when you remember, oh, my gosh, yeah. That happened that in happened. our lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. So that's wild. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't. I, I know the Hollywood version mm-hmm. of that movie, but I don't know.
0: And that kind of brings us to another topic, how Hollywood has sensationalized all of these horrible horrible um, events in these people's lives. And it, it really upsets me. I've never, w- I don't watch scary movies because I get really scared. And I know I just said, and I contradicted myself, I don't get scared. But I don't like scary movies. And the reason is.
1: Fortuitous horror.
0: It really is. Yeah. Like, I don't like the well, cut-em-up. That em scary up. enough. Right. Like, I don't like the cut em up scary movies. Like, probably right. the ghost stories, like Conjuring and things like that, I'd mm-hmm. probably be okay with.
1: I actually like the Conjuring series. If really? If was ever to be, like, a Hollywood standalone, I think, of really? what of what extreme. Spiritual activity would be i I would say the conjuring, really
0: mm-hmm, I've never seen it i that's one in paranormal activity I want to see that as well
1: paranormal activity I, I thought was wasn't that like kind of like that the blair witch, yeah. kind of thing yeah, yeah it is it is so
0: i i just I would like to see those um
1: but I just haven't so I I've never know. seen the exorcist, I haven't either, yeah, I've never seen the exorcist and and not necessarily because you know I care one way or the other about it. But um, have you ever read the issues that they had during production? Yes, I okay, have. That in of itself, I absolutely believe in. And for that reason, I was like, nope, don't need to see that. Yep. You know, because somebody thought it was real.
0: Somebody did. You know? Somebody did.
1: So um, And that was, well, if you want to look
0: up the story of The Real Exorcist, it's the Roland Dole, Doe story, D-O-E. And it was, so The Exorcist, they portrayed as a teenage girl. It mm-hmm. was a teenage boy. So they, right. they changed some things in it. There was a lot of similarities. But Hollywood does tend to make it bigger than it is. Just like these paranormal investigation shows on TV. I'm not going to name names. <laughs> but they're, they're, some of them, not all of them, but some of them are just absolutely out of control with, I've just been possessed by a demon. Really, at every location you go to, you're going to get possessed by a demon, sweetie. Time. Oh, bless your heart. <laughs> so it it's the same kind of thing. So I also have something that i saw as i was reading through you know trying to find examples of movies that do talk about exorcisms so you have like the annabelle the conjuring Mm. you have the devil made me do it Mm -hmm. you have those and there was a commonality there with these um demonologists
1: the ed and lorraine warren listen i don't i don't i honestly don't know whether or not i'd be terrified or just completely infatuated with them Because, I I mean, I believe in it, obviously. Right. You know, but I'd be like. I don't believe them. I think they're phonies. Do you really? I really
0: do. I think they started out with a good. Right. Good intention. But I've listened to tapes of them talking to movie producers Mm -hmm. because, like, there's recordings online you can listen to where she's telling them to exaggerate. She's telling them to do different things and what really happened. And it was
1: a turnoff for me. So what about, can you relate that with, like, TV evangelism? Oh absolutely. Because I kind of think that it's like the opposite of you know, not, not the opposite the opposite sides of the spectrum but the same animal. You right. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, You start off with good intention. Yeah. But then, then it, it somehow just somehow before you know it it becomes too much for yeah. you. There's, there's a lot of layers to that. Um, Also you know I one of the things that I was researching last night was how many how many of these movies are based in either America or Europe you know. And the only one that I could think of off the top of my head that had to do with any kind of spiritual anything that was anywhere other than you know the, those two areas was like the grudge i think it was in japan mm. right um, i didn't see it things are crawling out of your tv i can't watch that <laughs> <laughs> no that's that's not the grudge that's um that's the the chick in the well samara what, what oh what i don't is know it? the ring oh and the ring what's yeah. the grudge the grudge is the um the it's the story of a guy who kills his no. It's a mother who kills her child, I think. If I'm remembering correct listen, I only had to watch it once and then I was like, Nope, not <laughs> gonna do that again, you know. I have the funniest story about that too. Can I tell yeah. that? Okay. So I used to work for the military years ago. Um at four years for like almost my whole career right. before I went into this other branch into something else. Um, anyway, so worked for the military for years, saw the grudge and that night, um, or the next night, I was working late. We were in the middle of deployments, you know, it was the height of the war, you know, whatever. And I walked out of my office to find that I was the last one in the building. And um, there, the building was huge. And if you look down the long corridor, all you can see are, like, the red exit signs. So yeah. Those are the only things that are illuminating your path, right? Happens to also be a scene out of The Grudge. Okay. okay. So I had to go put some paperwork on the general's desk and on the video camera later when they check the security, <laughs> footage, they see me tearing down the hallway <laughs> and tearing back, you know, and I don't run for nobody. Right. Okay? I mean, seriously, <laughs> if I was being chased by a predator, I'd just lay down making a charcuterie board. Like, I don't care. Okay. I'm really I'm, like, tired. I'm tearing down the hallway <laughs> because I was. I had freaked myself out so much. Yeah, that was I was a one and done on that. Oh the my garage. god, that's but so it took funny. place in Japan. Okay. And so it was a haunting of a home that an American okay, so there is that American element. But still, you know, I mean, you know, Japan is for Godzilla, not in you know, China is for the Meg and you know I mean right. it's normally creature oriented, you know, so it was the first time that I had ever seen. I just kinda thought it was interesting because we do have an obsession. With we do wanting to understand, but the look occult. where
0: Catholicism and Christianity is well, most exactly. popular. it's Europe and America,
1: Anglo, right? No, I, I not get that it. that's
0: the only places they are, but no, absolutely it's,
1: not. But still, uh, I mean, demons are afoot just about everywhere, right? Sure. So, um, but you know, when we were talking about whether or not these things exist in other religions, you know, you don't you don't find too many records of that, you know. And there's a lot of there's a lot of um there's a lot of there you know there's a lot of like you know the 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 buddhists you mm-hmm. know there's a lot of stuff that you know that wasn't on your list and i thought that was funny i actually
0: I changed it last night when i was looking okay. because
1: i think you had taoism or something yeah. on there too you know um but there's you know the tibetan book of the dead and mm-hmm. there's you know there's all these different you know of course that's not so much about demons but it's about helping your transition into the next life and you know there's all kinds of there's all kinds of written materials from these perspectives but you know
0: they just call them different things like in Islam is the jinn and they 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 have different names for them and different belief systems behind them but i think overall it's about the same idea you know yes. something evil has has bought, has in, i don't want to say invaded but something evil is is uh what's the word i'm looking for
1: you said it earlier influencing you right right my husband and i on our <coughs> hot date yesterday we're talking about the jinn because that's what we do we sure. talk about the jinn and dinosaurs and weird, you know, things like that, and uh, I had actually asked him if the answer was no, but I asked him if he thought that the Jen, um fed into any stories of, like, the Nephilim and that kind of stuff, you know, from from uh, um, the Christian and, and Judaic point of view. His answer was no, but I thought it was interesting because it shared a lot of the same characteristics, and, um, and, and he's, like, super, you know, red on those things. Yeah. I just have to listen to it, so I, you know, I'm only an expert because to be (laughs) (laughs) um but um but yeah i just i just think that um that hollywood has definitely um glorified this experience and has given us an expectation but it's also done its damage because again i don't feel that demon possession or oppression or anything like that necessarily has to be huge Right. Nor do I think that exorcisms, even if you're looking from the non-Catholic point of view with like TV evangelisms, you know, I don't, or evangelists, I don't necessarily think that it's necessary to wear a three-piece suit and ask for money at the end either. Right. You know, I just think that it doesn't have to be that dramatic. I think that we are being attacked all the time simply because of our human nature. And that's the, that's the world we live in. Mm -hmm. But I feel that, you know, that taking dominion or authority over that can really just be binding it in the moment under your breath or out loud or in your head or whatever and moving on you know i think recognition is the the important thing there you know that you recognize you know and your reaction to that mm-hmm. is is appropriate you right. know um to avoid any further that's just me personally I
0: have so. you ever had an experience with a, a demon or Encounters or interactions? Yes,
1: absolutely. Okay. Um, I think that well, one of the ones that I think made an impression both on myself and also my husband was um, and and it's funny that you had mentioned Annabelle on mm-hmm. this one because Annabelle wasn't a real person, right? Annabelle's right. A doll, right? All right. Okay. So my husband um was twenty five years in the in the military, mm-hmm. right? Um, very successful. And before we had children, um, he was also very much a collector of World War II um, paraphernalia. And um, and just an interjection,
0: your husband is one of the smartest people I know. Yeah. Like, literally is very academic and researched on, on all of these things. And he is not something for our listeners just so they know who this person is. He's not going to take something um, just based on somebody's word.
1: Oh, it. absolutely not.
0: He is absolutely yeah. Not. So just so you know who we're talking
1: about here. So he retired as an Army Sergeant Major, and he mm-hmm. didn't get to that point by being dumb. Oops. I've met some dumb Army Sergeant Majors, <laughs> but he is not <laughs> one of them. Okay. <laughs> um, he is. Uh, he's he's just an interesting guy. I got to tell you. I we've been married for um, going on 31 years, and. Um, i've learned a lot from him but uh, and he'd be a great one to have on yeah, your podcast 100%. because his interest is in interdimensional travel and and, and space i would time just have to sit there and listen because i don't know what you right exactly it. exactly so he could he could give you like all kinds of stuff but anyway um so so one of his friends who was in the reenactment the world war ii reenactment um arena um because he dealt a lot with the, the um, buying and selling of World War II paraphernalia mm-hmm. and whatnot, um, he had a brain aneurysm and died. Oh, man. I mean, man. just out of the blue. Like, it happened in the middle of the night. That's so sad. His wife he's dead. So she called Dan and asked him if he would come over and he would look through the stuff that he had and would he be interested to buying it as a bulk sale. Yeah. And so we went over there, spent several hours. Dan went through it and said, absolutely, I can turn this around on eBay. I can turn it around it you know, at um, at different um, uh, gun shows and stuff like that, you know, people are always interested in it. This is 27, 29 years ago. So we purchased all of it, mm-hmm. brought it home, going through it. And um, one of the things that he pulled out was an authentic Nazi youth armband with mm-hmm. the swastika. Now, we've already talked about my Judaic history here, okay? Sure. And I was like, absolutely not. Right. Like, we are not doing this. This is not coming into our home. It's not right. going to be, you know, I am not having this presence. And um, he was like, listen, you know, I absolutely agree 100%, but I can't just keep something like this that has the sig- significant historical, you know, value on it in the garage. Mm-hmm. You know, just let me keep it in, you know, in the house, you know, for – a day or two until I figure out the you know, the right thing to do with it. Well, we lived, um we were on recruiting duty at the time. We lived in a very traditional cracker style home, you know, Mm -hmm. with a long hallway down the middle. And I had a curio cabinet in that hallway with angel figurines that I've been collecting since I was a kid. And that curio cabinet faced the opening to um the office area where Dan had this Nazi youth band on it. And um that night we went to bed very begrudging about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like this is, this is, I am not, not comfortable happy with this. Like, I absolutely, like, you have just changed the spiritual dynamic of this house. Like, I am not a happy girl. That night we both woke up to hear scratching on our wood floors. And when we woke up and started prowling the house, it was not coming from inside, it was underneath. So, of course, two in the morning, Dan's got a flashlight under the house, you know, and I'm reminding him, hey, you remember that news story where the. The python like got loose and like ate the little dog, and, and of course you know he's not happy with me then either. But sure, because <laughs> now he's thinking about the python. Right, yeah. exactly. You know, <laughs> nothing under the house. You know, wow. very old house. Nothing was under it, but definitely was hearing some significant noises to wake us both up in the middle of the night. Well, that hallway that extended into you know down the middle of our house. You know, the front door opened onto it, but we never used the front door. The front door stayed bolted shut. The Door stayed locked. We only used the back door. The next morning, he left for work. I woke up and I walked out, and not only was the front door wide open and the screen door was wide open, but only my angel figurines in the curio cabinet had their backs turned out. <gasps> oh my God! It's got goosebumps to the everywhere. And it was directly wow. like directly across from my curio cabinet. And I called Dan at work, and I was like, absolutely. No get it out of my house like right now. And um and he did, but that was that was such a real experience, you know, where we were just like and then after that it's like what do you do? Okay, so the swastika's out of the house, but what do you you right. know, what do you do to fill that space, you know? And that's something else too with possessions too is that you know, what do you do to fill that space right. once you um once you get rid of whatever it is, you know? So that was probably, you know, my biggest um, physical experience that I have had with um, with something being attached to an an inanimate object Um, for, you know, as far as people are concerned, there are. I feel that. where i really became aware of this kind of stuff in my own life you know here's the funny thing too about being raised in a christian home right because if you're raised in a christian home and you're raised in the christian church your belief system becomes that of your parents mm-hmm. right exactly. so when you get out and get on your own you know it's very I, I think that it's very hard for um for people to maintain that christianity because it's not theirs originally mm-hmm. you know um, I was raised a little bit differently, okay, so my parents weren't raised in that either any you know that same environment, so when they became Christians, it was very dramatic for them and it was a very dramatic life change for them um but it wasn't that dramatic for me because I was raised in it right, right? so um so I think that it becomes important when you get out and get on your own to develop your own be- your own belief system, but I feel like it's because there are some things that you know and my parents will probably listen to this and and I don't ever want to disappoint you know my parents especially my father um but there are things that I have learned that may fall outside of what they believe right. you know um because my experience is different that's that's what perspective is all about right it's a different set of goggles you know if you can imagine perspective like goggles and we see the world you know based out on our our experiences our religion our Um, our sexuality our personality our family history you know all that kind of stuff it all makes up you know our different perspectives Um, and they're not necessarily going to match so I feel that um, that the uniqueness though of how they raised me was to at least be able to recognize when things were um, were presented to me in such a way and I think that my first real demonic presence was was a demon called jezebel Mm -hmm. um i find it so interesting now um that social media has has really allowed us to focus on mental behavioral health yes because um if you read the characteristics of a demon of jezebel what you're going to find is a lot of the narcissistic traits and i um there's a sexual component to the spirit of jezebel um, that is not necessarily that of the narcissistic trait um, and and not it doesn't necessarily demons don't have to necessarily manifest every imaginable trait that mm-hmm. would fall underneath that, you know, that particular demon um, in a person. I just really think that, you know, that's that's neither here nor there. But um, I have a situation, you know, with someone who I know who, you know, is has not been a part of our family for a while where the question has been, well, is that person simply a narcissist or are they afflicted in some way, you know, by a demon? And, um, and I will tell you that I know for a fact that while, yes, it's true, they probably are a narcissist as well, but I absolutely feel like there is um, definitely a demonic pros- um, a presence there for two reasons. First of all, the thing reads my mind. Oh. And second of all, this person weaponizes religion. Mm. I mean, demons would love to quote the Bible to you all day long, right? Even the devil can quote scripture, right? So the Satan. Oh, are you saying you believe? Just <laughs> I, mean, I just like to use that. And in, in the Bible, <laughs> you, you know, Satan uses the Bible against, or right. the scriptures against Jesus. You know, not the Bible. Anyway, so um, <laughs> I remember driving with this person, and they would not stop. They were just, I mean, the constant beratement, you know, onslaught was just constant. And I remember thinking, looking over and finding that they didn't have their seatbelt. This is this is before seatbelt alarms were sure. nonstop in the car, right? They didn't have their seatbelt um, fastened, and I did. And I was like, I, I wonder if I could just drive off this bridge and, like, deal with my own issue. And this person like stopped dead sentence. Did I just break that? No, you didn't. I just sorry. It it just says a little wiggle. Stopped in the middle of what they were doing, looked at me with just like this disdain, and jerked that (gasps) seatbelt, and then just kept on going. And I was like, "Whoa!" Oh my god. Very real, you know, um, and wow, but you know, it's uh, for us. Our solution to that was to um, because there was no. I mean, we had a choice. We could either deal with this demon for the rest of our lives and watch it tear apart the fibers of our family, or we could cut ties with, with that person. So that's what we did. We just yeah. cut ties We We didn't really didn't have a choice, right? No, absolutely not. You know, um, and you want to talk about a healing in our lives happened where we just didn't realize just the the um division that it was causing just even with with myself and my husband you know um that completely healed and um there's a scripture that uh, talks about that the lord will restore the years that the locusts have eaten from mm-hmm. you. and that's i think about that all the time because it was truly a restoration of what was severely eroded and it really went back to this one person right and so um so, yeah, no, we absolutely have experienced all sorts of different things. I There is there is something that I feel like we, t- we don't talk enough about, um, specifically about communication. And this happens to just about everybody. I have often wondered, and this is not academic, okay? This is just me and my, you know, hour drive to work when I'm alone with my thoughts. Sure. Okay. I have often wondered. Have you ever talked to anybody where you're yeah. like, "I swear, we are not talking about the same thing." You know that saying: "There's, there's your story, there's their story, and there's the truth." Mm-hmm. Okay. So, have you ever been in a conversation, either with with your husband or with your children or with anybody else, that you are not whatever you're saying, they are not interpreting that way? Yes. And vice versa. Mm-hmm. It's like you cannot have a you can't of the make it work you can't make it come across and yet if there was a third party that was witnessing this they would probably Mm. say that is what is going on here. like we don't understand i have often wondered if there is not some sort of spiritual significance if there is not a demon interpreting or spirit interpreting back and forth to create confusion for what purpose just harassment oh or whatever Because you know we all have our own lives, right? Right. You know you can't you can't put struggles in a box, label it, and make it pretty. Okay. So um, to create division, specifically when it comes to family units, if there is not, it would make sense, right?
0: And that also makes me think because there's been times where I will say I will tell a story, and the person I'm telling the story that never happened. I'm like, right. It makes me feel crazy because I'm like, well, but I know it happened. I know that happened. So maybe that's kind of the same thing.
1: Exactly. I joke way too often about the snakes in my head. When those <laughs> things happen, so maybe it's a snake in my head. But honestly, I I, and I wonder about that because, you know, I have found, you know, my husband and I have been married an awful long time. I'm going to use him as an example because he's my longest relationship, sure. right? So we have been, you know, together an awful long time. And the one thing that I'll tell you that we still suck on is is communication. And I can I can hit record, like, on a, you know, on a, phone Mm -hmm. and record a conversation between the two of us and it is unrecognizable really yeah and i don't know you know i've often thought well what makes it unrecognizable is the fact that i don't have those immediate thoughts you know that it's not recording my thoughts as well you know um or his you know so it's not necessarily in context or is it because there is something else that is creating? division you know have you ever had a have you ever had a situation where you've had the same argument with your husband or your your yeah. mom or whatever like time. every six months it's like the same right. argument mm-hmm. almost verbatim every yeah. six months wonder why that happens, and it's really annoying right it right. really creates i just issue. blame my
0: husband i'm like you're just not listening
1: right exactly but maybe he's yeah. not hearing
0: it the way i'm saying it
1: or maybe there's something interpreting in, in the middle. I mean, it happens often enough, right? Mm-hmm. And there's so much, you know, there's so, we're, we're living in a time in a society where disagreement immediately equals disrespect. Right. And we're watching relationships fall apart right and left, you know, getting into political season. We're about to encounter that again. Right. Mm-hmm. You wonder what those things are that are interpreting these conversations back and forth. It can't just be our ineffectiveness to communicate all the time. I mean, I feel like I'm a fairly good communicator. Mm-hmm. My husband can be a fairly, you know, good communicator on occasion. You know, <laughs> I mean, he's not a troglodyte. All right. The time, you know? <laughs> but but you just wonder if there is not a spiritual entity. And that's that probably is a fairly good representation of my upbringing that right. that would be my immediate thought of huh you know so maybe that's why Jesus commands that we
0: maybe yeah absolutely and i think those are all really good points no what do you think about because some of the the research that i read there was a study actually done in 2017 i can't remember the name of it now but i it was a pretty recent study where exorcisms are more pro- prevalent in people who have a strong religious background versus people who aren't so why do you think that people who have this strong religious background whatever the religion is have more exorcisms than those who don't like atheists agnostics
1: recognition you think that's what it is i think a lot of it is what it is you don't know what you're looking for Mm -hmm. you know somebody who lives in a third world country that doesn't have access to medical system may not recognize diabetes. Right. Whereas if I was experiencing symptoms of diabetes, I'd go to a doctor, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, so yeah, I, I think that a lot of it has to do with recognition and then there is something in the spiritual world to be said for the spirit of discernment, you know, right. Where, um, where you are, I, I know we had talked about this, you had teased me a couple weeks ago about, you know, you're just an unrealized medium. Yeah. I don't I wouldn't say that at all. I would say spiritual sensitivities, you know, spiritual discernment is strong in this one but yeah. not um but you know, I mean call it you know, call right. whatever we wanna call it. Right. Um, I think that recognition is definitely the key there. Yeah, you know.
0: These are all really good points. I appreciate you coming on today. This was really fun. We're probably going to get off of the recording and keep talking. Uh (laughs) Tis what we do. But it was really, really great to have you. I appreciate you coming on. Hopefully you'll come back with your knowledge and bring Dan with you. We can talk about dinosaurs. Uh Um (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in this week. Um, Again, we'll have another episode next week because it's spooky season in October. Feel free to shoot us an email, leave comments about what you think about exorcisms and and how they work and why they work. Uh, I will talk to you guys next week. Have a good one.